Hi and welcome to episode 14 of the Desert Island Punks podcast. I'm Jake and I play in punk rock band Jake and the Jellyfish and this is my podcast where I interview friends of mine and people I admire in the punk rock scene. I ask them what five albums, book and luxury items they would take if they were stranded on a desert island and we talk about how those choices have influenced who they are today. This week I'm joined by Sarah Williams of Lockjaw Records and Shout Loud of Webzine and soon to be Printzine. Uh, we chat about loving your friends' records, guilty pleasures, the merits of drugs if you're stranded alone on a desert island. Um, and it was an absolute pleasure to have it on. I really, really hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, I had a little recording snafu with one of the channels on this mic I'm using at the moment. So I'm a fair bit quieter than Sarah on this episode. But I mean, you're not here to listen to me anyway. Um, so all good. Segwaying on from that, I've just set up a Patreon page to help cover the cost of the podcast and hopefully go towards improving the sound quality, helping travel costs, etc, um, etc. Et if you want to get involved with that, it's patreon.com forward slash Desert Island Punks. I'm going to be doing a bunch of special episodes of the podcast soon as well that patrons will get considerably earlier access to um, and looking into a bunch of other fun things to add to it as well. Um, so if you're interested in that, it's patreon.com forward slash Desert Island Punks, but you know, it's free anyway, so whatever. Uh, anyway, on to the podcast. To do things. Yeah. I find doing things very difficult. It's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's like, it's a bit like, you know, if you sleep too much, then all you want to do is sleep. Yeah. And so if you. Keep... I feel like that all the time. Yeah. So all it's like, I actually couldn't, like, I couldn't sleep last night, and that is the first time that's ever really happened to me. Mm. Like I would, I would describe myself as having more or less like controlled narcolepsy usually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can just like sleep wherever and whatever. Yeah. And last night I couldn't sleep, and it was the first time ever. It was distressing, and now I understand why people were. Yeah, when it happens, you're like, oh fuck! You know, there's nothing you can do, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So, so welcome again. Hello. How's How it going? I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. <laughs> yeah, no problems. <laughs> Uh, what have you been up to? You've just released a podcast. Um, I have just released a podcast. I'm so excited about it, actually. Because um, I did the podcast. I did two seasons of ten episodes each. Um, I didn't realise you'd done that much, to be honest. Because I saw it was season three. I hadn't realised you'd done like... Yeah, well, I kind of did it as two seasons because I had a little break in between. Um, and then when I got... There's a guy cycling past with a boombox. That's what that is. That, is that that guy? He's a mad guy who lives in Manchester who cycles around with like an 80s boombox on the back of his bike. And hobby, always listening to like, I don't know, he's got a really random music test. Um, but yeah, so he did the podcast. It's, it's been a weird one because this year I've kind of, the thing you find with podcasting is it's super fun and you do it because it's fun. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it becomes work. Uh, yeah, that does happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've re- totally regained the love for it. I really want to do it again. Um, so yeah, I've got like the website which I've kind of kept going, uh, and I've restarted the podcast now. Cool. Just put out an episode with Goodbye Blue Monday, yeah. um, and it's quite cool because I've decided that for the new season and for anything I now do, I just want it to be fun. I'm yeah, not going to stress myself out. I think that I think that should be a mantra that everyone has to an extent. Absolutely, but yeah, I just want it to be um, you know going out and having a fun chat with my mates. I wish that I have what you've got and have like a not exactly a script but a format. I have no format. It, it, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely makes things a little easier. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, just because you always have somewhere to go. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. you know, if you've always got something you're moving on to and another yeah. point you're going on to. Um, but then again, I some of the, some of my favourite ones are just people more or less rambling. Or Absolutely, but no, I've got to thank you as well because it's um, I've been really listening to this podcast and it's part of what's given me a bit more love for doing my own again. No props. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, always positive and positives. Uh, what I do this for exactly (laughs) it's so nice to see people doing stuff in the music community outside of just releasing records and going to shows yeah stupid records and shows I know (laughs) I know but you know it's nice to see people doing podcasts or doing zines and stuff like that yeah there's been a bit of like a resurgence in zines I feel like there is yeah Yeah. Um, yeah I'm doing a print zine at the moment but it's it's odd the print zine's different because it's it's just one thing and once it's done, it's done. It's not yeah, something it's like, that goes you're on. Constantly updating it. Absolutely. Whereas, like, uh, Shout Louder, I run as a website, and with that, still great, but it just means it's kind of constant. Like, yeah, I've sure. always got things on my to do list. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for a print zine, I can focus all my energy on it, put loads of creative fun into it, but then at the end of it, I've got this product, and then it's done. So, are you, you know? releasing it as, like, what, what's the plan? Well, uh, forgive some shameless self promotion. <laughs> <It's fine>. <laughs> but um, so I've gotten together with Paul Smith from B Shop and New Cross Inn. I love Paul. Um, I know, isn't he the best? <laughs> uh, and Colin Clark, who does uh, Colin's Punk Rock World, which in my opinion is one of the best web things out there. It was yeah, one that in, like, completely inspired me to start Shout Louder in the first place. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't realise uh, his. 
his blog was first. It had a huge, yeah, he'd been going for a couple of years longer than me. Yeah. Um, I remember my, my best mate Watson and I, uh, we used to go to heaps of shows around London. And there was one year that Colin had put out his, uh, he put out his top ten shows of that year. And Watson sent it to me and was like, this guy's been fucking stalking us. <laughs> and every single gig that he'd been to, we'd been at the same ones, but I'd never met him before. Um, and that, that was part of what really inspired me to start. So I got together with Paul and Colin and we decided to put on an event in London in January called Do It Together Fest, if anyone wants to come along. Um, it's just a mates fest, basically, and it's all of our birthdays. But we were trying to think of some fun stuff that we could do to make it a bit different to your standard punk show. Uh, and we've, we're going to have like a record and zine fair there. And we were talking about bits and bobs we could do. And I thought, you know what, why don't I do a zine for it as well? So it's not specifically for the festival, but it's going to coincide with yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to come out at sort of the same time. Yeah. yeah, and the whole point of the festival, doing it together, is celebrating the community that we've got. Yeah, sure. And the theme of the zine is the same thing. It's celebrating community. You should totally have Twister. Should <gasps> totally oh my God, we, we should definitely we have Twister. We were debating at one point yeah. in the Jellyfish Band having Twister on the roof. And then, oh my like, god! Uh, and then like it's sort of on one of the back, uh, like heads, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like the spinning thing. So it's like when we get bored, we could just play twist in the van. That's such a good idea. Yeah, which I, it could be, it could be incredible, and it could be amazing whilst driving, and it could be really dangerous whilst driving. <laughs> like, Superb! What well, more do you want? <laughs> I know. The both the best world. All bases covered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's what we're up to at the moment, and it's just it's really nice to have some creative stuff to work on. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll move on. Excellent. So we'll talk about your first album. Scary bits, albums. Um, so I say, so with the Desert Island format, I think some people go for like the telling their life story through records, and some people just go for stuff that they like. And I thought I'd go for a bit of both. So life story one, my first record. I'm completely going to lose a lot of punk points for this. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually really embarrassed by this record, um, but it was one that was really formative for me, and that's uh, Phoenix TX. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the fucking album title. I think it's Lacusa or Lachusa. Yeah, I think it's Lacusa. Um, I think it's Lacusa. I struggled to find this actually. I think it's Spanish for owl. I'm not sure. Cool. Um, but that would also that'd be a really good album title, Spanish for owl. Spanish for owl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really good. I like that. Um, but yeah, so that was an album that. Um, it's really weird how it came about. You know, when you're a teenager, like early, like teenager, early, early, yeah. early, when you've got just shit music taste. But you're yeah. starting to discover how much you love music. And at that point, you know, I'd been listening to, like, Green Day and The Offspring and stuff like that. Um, Some 41. I used to sell copied CDs in the oh, playground really? at school. Um, there's always one person that did that. I was that guy. Um, but, yeah, we'd do copy CDs with um, printed covers, you know, just done on, yeah, like, an yeah. inkjet printer. And even, like, a printed CD cover, CD, like, uh, you know, the round bit that oh, actually goes really? on the disc. Oh, well, do that's that. quite fucking... Oh, it was some serious shit. Yeah. Um, but this was, this was at a time when not everyone owned a CD burner. And there were only a handful yeah. of us with them. Yeah. So I'd go in on a Friday with five copies of, like, the Summer 41 album, More Kill or No Filler. And I'd have people come up to me and be like... Sarah, so uh, what have you got for me this week? Um, like some sort of like... Like dealing. Yeah, yeah. it does totally and sound I, like drugs. Honestly, imagine this, right? Just like, like a big trench coat. <laughs> that, that was my life. Well, it was illegal as well. So it yeah, was, I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, this, was probably, this was probably when Napster was only really first starting out as well. Mm. This was like back before... This was when there was a lot more discussion about piracy and whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. And I just remember LimeWire. I don't really. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. Really, You know, like if you ever went on LimeWire and you looked for anything, regardless, like anything reggae, it was just always Bob Marley. Regardless, <laughs> yeah. it would just always be named as Bob Marley. Yeah. Um, so we used to do these CDs, and genuinely, CD printed cover, copied CD, ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten pounds, and that was standard. And what we'd get out of that is I'd give a cut to my dad because he'd actually done the CDs and I'd take a cut as well. <laughs> I don't think your dad took a cut. <laughs> well, my dad used to sell them at work. Uh, he worked in. He was a mechanic. He worked in a doing Volkswagen the, garage. Doing the um, same CDs as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was so cool. But also that was kind of like starting as like not. I don't like the term tastemaker, but kind of like that. Like people would come to me and be like, "Oh, well, what what are you listening to?" Yeah, so I remember. I remember selling out of um, Hybrid Theory by Linkin park um i mean that was that was <laughs> a big album when we yeah were, well I, I, remember, I think you're the same age as me roughly roughly i'm 30 uh yeah i'm 29 
there we go, yeah. bang on. So it was like, <laughs> that album was huge. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember we used to be able to use the music rooms on a Thursday at lunchtime, and we'd go in and I'd play people what I had, and I remember going in and playing everybody Linkin Park, and everyone going, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> you, know, like, you basically, it was like trying the drug. Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, come have a taste. Obviously, this is like this has set me up for the rest of life. The thing is, I thought a while ago with with Shout Louder. Obviously, part of it is I'm, I'm literally just recommending music to people. Mm. And the funny thing is, I've been banging on for years about different bands and trying to recommend stuff to people and try and get people to get people yeah, to yeah. love the stuff that I'm into. And the only difference now is that after like thirty odd years of fucking trying, people are actually like, like listening to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is so nice and weird for me. Um, so you're, so yeah, so go back to the... Phoenix TX, uh, the way that that came about is a lot of people were listening to Newfound Glory at the time. Uh, I, I hate Newfound Glory, um, but it was around when Sticks and Stones came out. Um, my dad bought me that off Amazon. And you know, on, the, on Amazon you get the you might also like section or, you know, recommended bit. Well, Phoenix TX came up on there and he bought it as a punt for me. Uh, and for whatever reason my dad and I just both really got into it and we'd listen to it in the car uh, he used to install car hi-fis oh, right. as like a side Your job dad, it sounds like a, a top guy my dad is fucking <laughs> I love him um, but he really got me into all of this stuff but yeah, yeah. Phoenix TX it's a really cheesy album uh, the biggest single off of it was one called Threesome I listened to that yeah. it's, like dead, um, it's awful very, isn't it's it very polished do you know what I mean like, yeah, like, yeah 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 so you can, it's always squeaky polished yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was about it because some of it is just—it's really bad. And it's like there's an entire song about wanking on there. Really? Yeah, there's a song about wanking over Phoebe Cates. Oh, um, man. Um, <laughs> but there's there's also some really great songs on it. There's one yeah. called Tearjerker that I is used that to love. Is that also about wanking? <laughs> I, 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 I've not thought of it that way. Oh geez, maybe it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was just one of those albums that. Um, Strangely, of all the shit that I could have listened to at the time, it's one that I've never gotten sick of. I yeah. still listen to that. It completely takes me back to that time in my yeah. life. It reminds me of riding round in a van with my dad. Uh, and it's just, it's got this really special little nostalgic place in my heart. Yeah. So even though it's really not very good, I still absolutely love it. Oh, that's cool. And I definitely wouldn't kind of be where I am or like the music that I do uh, without that. Interestingly, though, um, Phoenix TX is kind of defunct now, but they went on to make some other bands. Um, one of the bands they made was uh, a band called Denver Harbour, right. and it was the drummer from Phoenix TX, and I think possibly the vocalist? Baby! I can't remember. But Denver Harbour... <laughs> I really thought you were going, Baby! Maybe! <laughs> um, Denver Harbour, they did one album that was fucking stunning off the back of it. It was much better than anything that Phoenix TX did. Right. But no one's ever heard of them. They were just a little DIY band. I mean, I've never even heard of Phoenix TX, so... Well, there you go. I'll be honest, you're probably in luck there. <laughs> yeah, maybe I missed the boat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just love them. And there were so many bands back then that take me straight back to it. Like, um, I think I talked about like the Levelers, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. Like The Levelers uh, have the same effect on me. It was stuff that I listened like, to with my dad and grew up with. You know. Like that sort of like time stamp, you know what I mean? So it's like when you, you get like, yeah. that mentality. I had that really... Uh, loads with their first uh, one of their album yeah like yeah. it was like when that came out like it just takes me back to like driving around in my mum's car listening to that all like one summer absolutely you know what I mean yeah. it was just like like straight away go straight back to it but it's, it, that's, that's a really nice vibe and I think like particularly if I was stranded on a desert island I'd want some of that little yeah, yeah. you know a hug in audio form yeah that is what it is isn't it yeah, yeah like, I'd want that good, there good explanation yeah um, so number two uh, so number two is a little bit closer to home but again another formative one for me um, Random Hand uh, I I just oh god I love them so much uh, I, I used to get I, I still do get uh, mocked by a lot of my friends for how fangirly I am over Random Hand <laughs> um, but the weird thing is that I'm now pals with Random Hand as yeah, well yeah, and it's yeah. like it's a bit weird to be like guys I really really love your band I'm I sorry don't know, like, I don't know I think <laughs> when I was younger I used to think it would be weird to be a big fan of a band that was your friend yeah but I don't feel like that anymore well, that, that, that's exactly what Random Hand for me, for me were though they were a crossover bands so yeah. I used to uh, you know, I was always going to small shows and stuff when I was growing up, but I also used to go to all the bigger shows. I'd, I'd moved to London when I was 18, and I started going to, you know, gigs at, like, Electric Ballroom mm -hmm. or Kentish Town Forum and stuff like that, like the larger shows, like O2 Academy sort yeah, of level right. shows, and thinking that that was where it was at. Um, 
And I really, I really thought that the amount of money you paid for a gig equated to the quality of the show, which is a logical look at it. But now I really feel it's the opposite way around. <laughs> And like, I don't like going to big shows anymore. I think a, a five-pound punk gig is where I want to be in a basement. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't. I think I agree with you to an extent. I don't like going. Well, well, we're both about to go to a big show. We're we're, both, we're yeah, both we're pretty tired about that. Big we're show. both on our way to the Ritz this evening. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, you know, like I mean, my first gig was in an arena. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's a bit like you, that's kind of what I thought gigs were. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's just like when that sort of realisation that, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't have to be like us and them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not just well, the fucking... That was it. I always used to hold bands on a pedestal. Yeah, and of course. I, I mean, th- you're naturally going to have things to interest uh, like, Yeah, I mean, they literally, they have a stage yeah, and a microphone yeah. and they have They're the ability... The yeah, exactly. And, you know, you see them on TV and stuff mm. like that. And I had like, you know, a bedroom plastered with posters of people I'd found in Kerrang, including a life-size cut-out of Ian Watkins pulling his trousers down. Bad time. I know, on the back of my wall as a teenage girl, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I suppose that's really bad. <laughs> I, had, uh, I didn't have anything anywhere near as bad as that, but I did have more or less a shrine to Peter Schmeichel on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I fucking loved Peter Schmeichel when I was a kid, which is, well, obviously... Different, yeah. different thing. Yeah, die, but. <laughs> I had loads of um, offspring stuff as well. I used, to, I really fancied noodles from the offspring really? for some reason. I don't know why. The janitor. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I had like a huge poster of him on my wall. Cool. <laughs> that and Dragon Ball Z. Loads of Dragon Ball Z posters. Really? And oh, Dragon Ball Z bed linen as well. <laughs> Strong. Yeah. I don't think I've got. Um, I've still got it. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I, I regret one of my biggest regrets from being a kid is when. When the Phantom Menace came out, yeah, because we were like the right age for the Phantom Menace, like perfect nine, age, yeah. yeah. Like, um, my dad painted on my wall like R two D two, and um, like he got like a, he got a projector, projected mm-hmm. the images on the wall, mm-hmm. and he painted it on, and he did like R two D two, C three P O, and all these other things on the wall. Yeah, and then when I when I hit like everything sucks age, like fourteen, <laughs> fifteen, I got yeah. it painted over, and oh, I'm like, why? It was like no. the coolest thing in the world. That would be awesome now. <laughs> Imagine, know, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, sorry, just thinking about random hands. So, yeah, I definitely put bands on a pedestal, and I really felt that someone on stage, I'd never be able to go and talk to them or be friends with them or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then I went to go see Random Hand uh, in High Wycombe at the Nags Head um, on their Terminator, I think. Oh. As you know, I think it was before oh, that because I've got the poster for the Terminator. I've still got the poster. Which, which is, one was that? I think it was 2011 I don't know was that um, the inhale exhale tour uh, maybe yeah I think well I must have seen them before that um, but anyway I saw them at Nags Head in High Wycombe and fuck me they absolutely blew me out of the water I'd never seen anything like that I'd mm. never ever seen a punk band with brass or who took any of the I mean they've got like the kind of new metal rap thing as well yeah. which sounds cheesy but fuck me I really love new metal and this is where my crossover <laughs> came from <laughs> Oh God! I used to love them biscuit. Really what did. was wrong with me? The thing is, like, <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> you know, if I understand your where you're coming from. I would say that um, I would argue that kind of slightly puts them down. Well, you know uh, yeah, I, I I know exactly what you mean. That's certainly not my intention, but it, it kind of is like that. Yeah, but yeah. I, um, but yeah, I know. I saw them and they just destroyed me. They absolutely rewrote my taste. They showed me that this whole new world could exist yeah. in which people just mashed up different things and it I, I don't know the energy that they had on stage really fired me up they're super I, exciting like do you know what I mean yes one of those yeah. bands that it's like you listen to them and they're really exciting and you're like you want to be at that gig yeah and imagine you. that you've never heard that genre before I know yeah, you've yeah. never heard Skarkle and it's like fuck okay this Even is like amazing. Like it isn't very Skarkle still that same energy do you know what I mean like yeah it's yeah, like yeah. When, you, when you mentioned this album and I was like right all that like the other day, like just like we both got into like a big random hand hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, like, all their songs, it's like this song is fucking killer. Well, know? it's it's funny the way that it came up as well because I was listening to the first episode of this podcast that you did with Robin from mm-hmm. Random Hand, and it was at the end of the episode he was having a bit of a toss up. I, I was expecting at some point that he would say Cap Down, yeah, yeah. right? And for this, when I was debating my personal albums, I really couldn't decide, and I was somewhere between Cap Down and Random Hand, and then I went, no, it's got to be Random Hand, like. And fucking love Cap Down as well. I yeah. love Lightyear. Both of those could f- keep this slot as well. But for me, Random Hand were always the one. Um, 
but they also it's weird that over the years so I started to go and see them a lot yeah. and when I say a lot I mean a lot <laughs> like yeah. way too many times but every single show that I saw them do I never saw them do a bad show no, they always put 110% into it even when they were playing to no one I remember a gig at the Underworld in Camden they were playing with Authority Zero Oh, they're great. And the weird thing is that now I love Authority Zero, but at the time I didn't really know that much about them. And they were doing, I think it was a co-headline tour, and they were swapping headlines each night. Yeah, I remember. And for this one, Authority Zero played before Random Hand, and then everyone fucking left. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, not everybody, but the, the room was not... It that, that's weird. And I thought to myself that as a band, that can't be that pleasant. Like, no. and, But, oh my God, they played a fucking amazing show. Yeah. And it was nice for me, because I could have a dance without being worried about getting hit in the face. <laughs> um, but I've met some of my closest friends at Random Hand shows as well. Um, and they really gave me a leg up into the scene that I'm now in. I wouldn't have met half the people that I'm friends with now if I hadn't have gone out to those gigs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember when I first started to get to know Random Hand as well. Um, I don't know, I think it was a Brighton show. We went and got beers or something like that. Uh, I, I remember this Brighton show at The Haunt, I think. Oh, no, was it The Haunt? It was in this little... It was on the... Oh, it was... It was on the seafront, and it was like in an archway type thing. And I remember crowd surfing, and it was so small and so fucking sweaty in this <laughs> venue that crowd surfing. I kind of got, there was like a metal air conditioning unit that went across the ceiling, right. and I got crowd surfed into it and wound up with this wet patch down the middle of my body that was from the sweat that oh, had man. come off the AC <laughs> unit. So and I was gross. like, oh, this. Is <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was brilliant. But yeah, I remember going to Manchester Punk Festival, running it, Joe Tilson, and him buying me a lot of tequila and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They're and such was, nice guys you know, as well. That's like, what's, what's great about Random Hand is that they're a really good band, and they're really genuine. They're, they're such good, a pleasure to spend people, time with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, there are a lot of great bands that are also nice people, but like, it's just nice when, you know, there are, there are obviously examples of the opposite. And exactly, it's just, yeah. And it's just like, they could not be brought down to earth, to be honest. They're wonderful. And, yeah, so for them, the album I was going to pick was Another Change of Plan. We haven't even mentioned that. Yeah, so uh, it was early doors for them, Another Change of Plan, but that was the one that really changed my life around, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sort of took me away from those big academy-level shows and got me going into the DIY scene. Yeah, um, cool. And showed me that that was the way to be. And weirdly, we were talking about what the best Random Hand song was before. Yeah, yeah. This came up online recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I said Scum Triumphant. I love Scumfound. Now, it's not necessarily their best song. I think Anger Management's my favourite song. Really? I, I do love Anger Management as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, Anger Management just sends me fucking nuts the second I hear it. <laughs> um, but Scum Triumphant was the first one that I remember hearing from them and being like, fucking hell, they're talking to me. Yeah. Like, which, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're Scum. <laughs> scum Triumphant. Like, I just, yeah, they've got a real ear for a... Well, Robin's got a real ear for a chorus. Oh, massively so. Yeah. Do you think that slightly relates to his um, his playing as well, though? Because maybe, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I remember because um, uh, I, I think with Robin... brass, you've got that kind of ba 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 ba. That fits in with the percussiveness that you'd get from a vocal as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the same sort of yeah. same sort of. Because we all spoke about it, yeah. And he was like talking about how like he chose trombone because it kind of fit, yeah, fit best within sort of the span of instruments, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember uh, somebody who won't name. Uh, but, like, <laughs> so Robin told me once that he got told from somebody, who oh, I'll tell you later, um, <laughs> told him that, like, just straight up front, just like, you need to have better courses. Yeah. Like, really early But on, see, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly the kind of advice you need. I mean, it's great. It's great. Uh, it's great. Like, I mean, I think it probably worked for them. But he's like, when they were starting out, this guy was just like, you need better courses. Yeah. Sort it out. <laughs> it's just really funny. It's just how blunt it is. But now, I mean, he's fucking killer at it. So I mean, like, I don't know Really what good at it. I mean, yeah. even the um, the last album they did just before the hiatus, that's got some killer choruses. Yeah, on also, one of, the best things, fuck. one of the best things about his, I really admire his lyrics because mm. they are like, they're catchy lyrics and relatable lyrics, but they're usually part of quite a big, like, piece of uh, work yeah, yeah yeah like kind of like a, like a story or exploration into something and it'll be like a catchy hook that can be taken by itself yeah but it's part of a piece well one of the reasons that anger management is my favorite song by them isn't just the song itself but there's a real deep level to it yeah, and the sure deeper yeah. meaning of the song i remember sitting and reading the, the liner notes for yeah, it and yeah. stuff 
Um, obviously, that's not a different album. <laughs> but but uh, the, the meaning of the song like really, really fucking hit me and really spoke to me personally about how I felt about life. I've been intending to get it tattooed on me at some point, oh, but mm. I've been putting it off since 2013. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's see whether that actually happens. But it, the idea behind it was rather than taking that feeling of anger and resentment and you know punching someone in a pub, take the feeling and use it for fuel. Yeah, that's that's the lyric. Yeah, 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 yeah take yeah. the feeling, use it for film. That went, you know, use it to create some kind of art or uh, yeah. just oh, that's so perfect. It's really well thought through. And yeah, I would say it's a, yeah. I think he, I think that. Well, I think that band. I mean, that band were clearly inspired by Captain, but I think they inspired a lot of people. Absolutely. In terms of like not it's, just Scarborough bands, but like a lot of other. I think it's nice to see that recognised now as well. I think since the hiatus, they've been obviously doing fewer shows, but they're doing bigger shows. Yeah, the shows. Are which good. is really appropriate for their level. They've worked fucking hard over the years. Yeah. Yeah, they, they toured they, really they, hard. They were for a while. And for me, they were a bigger influence on me than Capdan or Lightyear, you know? Um, and yeah, just that that's a beautiful fucking thing. I know that Lightyear and that, they're all part of the, you know, kind of 90s household name generation and yeah. Random Hand are a bit newer. Yeah, and say. they kind of came just after that, didn't they? But I think, yeah, the fact that Random Hand are getting the appreciation they deserve now and playing those bigger slots is yeah. just, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. Cool, we'll move on to three. Yeah, uh, what was my number three? Oh, I've got to look at my list now. Oh, okay, so, uh, bit of a weird one. Um, Polar Bear Club, mm-hmm. Sometimes Things Just Disappear, which I think was released in 2007. Okay. But I was totally late to the party on it. I only got into it a couple of years ago. Um, weird album, though, the second I heard it, oh my God, did it speak to me. That's exactly the kind of music I want to hear. Um, I think I said to you in the pub earlier that Red City Radio was kind of my alternative here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. For me, although yeah, I listen... They filled the same space a little, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Um, but for me, uh, although I listen to a lot of different genres, and I think perhaps because I work with Lockjaw Records, a lot of people assume that skate punk is my favourite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my favourite thing is actually like that kind of really gruff melodic punk so tonight we're going to see Hot Water Music Red City Radio Spanish Love Songs like, that's, 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 that's my dream that. line <laughs> right? that's it does not get better than that for me um, but yeah Polar Bear Club would absolutely fall into that category and for me they're the best band in that genre I love them oh, so cool. deeply I like I, yeah. um, I like when somebody um, I mean like you obviously said for you which is because like you know if you go like, oh they're the best band it's like wiping out people's spins but I yeah love no it it's people, just your personal when I love it when people have like a really strong opinion like that do you know what I mean yeah. like, I think it's, it's like it's cool because you speak to so many people and they're like oh yeah I like all these bands it's like and then when somebody goes like this is my favourite I'm like yeah. cool I, can, I love these guys yeah yeah, I, can, yeah. Like, I, love, I just love passion do you know when somebody's yeah. really passionate about something it's really really fun to talk about oh just I, I I'd say I was really late to the party on it and then I think a lot of the bands I'd been listening to were influenced by bands, bands like Polar Bear Club so um, for example Burn Tapes yeah, yeah. you know much smaller London band um, but uh, I think Tone, the bass player from Burnt Tapes, he did the top ten records of influences for Collins' punk rock world, and one of the ones on there was uh, Another Night in the Rock, which is the fourth song off that album, Sometimes Things Just Disappear. And I went and listened to it, and I went, fuck, what have I been doing? Yeah, yeah have I missed this? Holy shit. Like, I'd heard so much about them, but I'd just never gone and listened to it. You know when there's something like on your to-do list? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like things to listen to, this I mean, endless to-do me, list of stuff. It's really <laughs> hard though as well, I think, sometimes, because you get like a to-do list, like, and there's been bands I've been meaning to check out for ages, yeah. but then you go on like Spotify or whatever, and, you're, like, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, oh, I'll just... I'll just listen to that I'll give it a go. music out yeah. again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know you kind just, of go to your favourites. Yeah, don't you? yeah. It's like I find it, or it's like trying to. You know, if you go into like a record shop, you immediately forget everything. You like, do you know what I mean? Like, you just anything you were looking for, you just completely forget. It just goes out of the head. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, I think, um, it's good. I just keep a list of things to. Well, to it's it's a it's a very long list at the moment. <laughs> There's loads of stuff I need yeah. to listen to, but I haven't. No, uh, mostly thing, demos yeah. that people have sent to me. Mostly, yeah, sure. um, but. Uh, yeah, so Polar Bear Club, uh, I took one listen to it, instantly fell in love. Uh, and the great thing is they've got this catalogue of music that I then got to delve into. Yeah, sure. And I'm still, I'm kind of deliberately doing it slowly because I want there to be more yeah. to discover. Um, some of their other albums are brilliant, but this particular one, Sometimes Things Just Disappear, really spoke to me. There are some lyrics in it that are so evocative that they've just pulled out little parts of my life <laughs> and put it in a song. Um, but... They, they're they one of those bands that are very good at writing hooky 
Yeah, yeah all and lines. or like again that kind of evocative lyrical, just the like single liners that really stick in your head. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the same with like Red City Radio. Um, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Mm. Uh, or with you know anything by Iron Sheik, <laughs> basically. Uh, I love that band. Iron yeah. Sheik are the the kings of the one note riff. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just, I've never known how they can get away with doing so many one note riffs that all sound awesome. Yeah. Do you know? And I'm just like ah. And I think on top of that that way of writing really really hooky stuff with the really great melodic guitars mm. as well. Um, on top of that, this uh, it really does it for me when someone's voice is like breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that real gruff growling thing again Red City are fucking brilliant at this yeah, Chuck Reagan exactly, is yeah. probably your best example as well um, but for me Polar Bear Club are the ultimate of that because like the singer has literally blown his voice out through yeah. the band and that, that does suck so. yeah <laughs> the reason the reason they're not going anymore yeah. is because he can't do it and it's that's, that's yeah. you know, like, how do you feel about the fact that you'll never get the opportunity to see life gutted absolutely yeah. gutted but equally you know sometimes it's nice not to get everything yeah, it's, it's better to leave people that's wanting a very, more. That's a very positive aspect. I try and look positively at things. I had, um, <laughs> had that recently. And with, fail it mostly. <laughs> I had that recently with a. Um, uh, so, like, I only really got into Frightened Rabbit after Scott died. Of course, yeah. Um, but Midnight Organ Fight yeah. is like, I fucking love that album. I think I don't think I listened to a, an album any other album for like the last like three weeks and even that was like this is like a year after I got into it do you know what I mean like yeah, I yeah, revisited yeah. it and got really back into it again oh that's fantastic and it's like it's one of those things where it's like I'm never going to be able to see that you know I'm never going to have the opportunity to see that live and like that's fine but like yeah. and there is a part of me that's just like no <laughs> do you know what I mean like they're never for a good reason they're never going to come back do you know what I mean so yeah yeah like, yeah I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, there is something weird about that where, yeah, you can't go back to it, can you? You can't yeah. capture that moment. It's just a, it's something that happened in the past. And, like, I think in life, part of growing up is learning that all good things pass as well as all yeah, the bad things. Yeah, of course, things. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why, like, some albums are, like, timestamps because it's, like... That's, Precisely. Yeah, so it's, like, you know, you, you, that was a moment in your life. And yeah. It, you know, it might not be what you're super into now, but, like... It, like I think... You know, I don't think you can be listening to Phoenix TX... You know, like... Not all the time, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. You know but I, mean? I also think there's a way that an album particularly, as opposed to a single or a playlist or something mm-hmm. like that, an album can pull up a feeling. Yeah. Um, but not not a feeling as in a, a memory, but as in it can bring up a mood. Mm-hmm. If I want to be creative, I listen to hip-hop, you know? Yeah. Uh, if I want to, like, get myself fired up, I'll listen to skate punk. If I want to just kind of feel a bit more like myself or feel relaxed that's when I listen to something like Polar Bear Club yeah. and it's almost like I can set my mood by putting on a 10 absolutely. track absolutely like it definitely like yeah. it definitely does that's a great thing it's so powerful and I think to find albums that can have that impact on you because you well, they can almost become when you've listened to them so many times as well they become like woven in the fabric yeah, of absolutely, yeah. and then you can really really delve into them and call it up without like when uh, like if you've got an old friend from school or someone you've not seen in six months and you just sit down and it's like you've never left each other yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and some albums can do that and for me Polar Bear Club is definitely it's like, it's like I like it when you when you speak to somebody or like yeah, yeah like learn some music on the background it can be like yeah, like the like half a second, and somebody's like, "Oh, no, yeah. you know, like, oh. I love that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's really fucking annoying for everyone I spend time with because I do that all the time. I mean, yeah, you just like... oh my god, this song. Oh my god. Yeah, um, no, cool. it's beautiful. We'll, um, we'll move on. Uh, okay, number four uh, is skate punk. <laughs> uh, a Wilhelm scream. Uh, and I had a real toss-up as to which album to go to because I'm fully of the opinion that the Will, uh, Wilhelm Scream have never written a bad song. Or rather, have never released a bad song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a good chance they, yeah. Their self-editing is probably very good, right? They've oh, probably... Interestingly, when I was looking at these guys, they haven't released anything for quite a while now, have they? Uh, I think 2013 was their last album, yeah, which was yeah. Party Crasher. And then before that was... Uh, Career Suicide, which is the album that I'm going to select. Yeah. Um, the Wilhelm Scream fans are so they're such big fans that there's generally quite an argument about what their best album is right but that's quite a fun argument to have Mm. but anyway my favourite album is Career Suicide Um, I think it's because of the opener which is uh, live like a legend or die like an arsehole yeah yeah, live like a legend or die (laughs) like an arsehole 
and just it's fired up straight away everything they do is like so high octane like immediate yeah, yeah, energy yeah. Uh, first to last song on an album it's just going to be really <laughs> top level to use that like 90s thing it's like it's like punk put on crack yeah like that kind of thing it's just really 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 fired up yeah, for me yeah. it's like 10 cups of coffee you know? yeah it absolutely is like yeah. that especially with the drums <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and I, I but they're so talented as well they're such good musicians every single part of it is just I can't pick holes in it. I cannot say a bad thing about them. What I was interested because I they're a band that I've, I've come to quite late. Like I kind of like I have dipped in and stuff, but like mainly, I've not really like absorbed myself with them. But they are really really interesting musically. Ooh. But it's not too much. Do you know? They what I mean? don't like, do loads of flashy solos. Yeah, it's like you know, like uh, in like some of the songs, there'll be like a really complicated riff. Yeah. But then that won't be like the main focus. That no. there'll also be. A vocal melody at the top, and it would just be the verse. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's like yeah. what they're doing is super interesting, but that's not what make you know. That's not what they're making. Not going like check out this riff. Yeah. That's the song. It's like that's just part of. I think a big part of it is that um, Trevor Riley, their guitarist, he writes a lot of the songs, and he's got a real interest in like pop. I think, yeah. and I think that he's got this underlying pop sensibility that, that allows them to write those vocal melodies and those guitar yeah, melodies yeah. that work really well together. But again, individually, they're all excellent musicians. So they're feeding in all these different layers of different, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I just, oh God, I love them. Um, <laughs> but, but they also, they're stunning live. Like, yeah. And I think I'd say for Random Hand and for a Wilhelm Scream, uh, the, their live show is so much better than their albums as well. Yeah. And their albums are great. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's not like the you live show is incredible. Down on the album, no. so it's like a step above you. Know? And I think for me, with any bands that I like, um, I think my one rule is you've got to be good live. If you're not good live, I'm not interested. Yeah. I discover a lot more bands. That's through... just, that is actually quite interesting because there are some bands that I love famously not good live. Yeah, that's, that's well, I can think of a couple who might fall into that category. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's, I used to discover music by sitting in my bedroom at home and listening to stuff online, like mm. when I was sort of 17. But nowadays, I really I get sent a lot of tunes, and I must admit, I just I don't really like listening to new music at home. Yeah. I like hearing bands live for the first time. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit for me. It's like a little bit, but, a little bit but of I both, can un- yeah. I can understand. Yeah, because it's like there is definitely a moment when you see a band and you go like, they were great. I'll check them out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but then but then I have gone the other way around, and I've gone like there's a band playing a gig, and I checked them out, and I've gone I got hooked, and I'm like yeah, I can't wait yeah. to see that band. You know what I mean? I had one recently that was really satisfying. Um, it was over at Nice's Pie Fest the other week, but I got sent. Uh, I, I say I kind of a lot of things pop up in my inbox, uh, and I got a little four track EP from a band called Disaster Forecast, who are a fairly new skate punk band. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent me this little four track EP, and I sort of thought, oh, I'll give it a go. Listen to it, and thought, you know what, this is pretty fucking good. I like this. Um, but I almost won't even make a decision on a band until I've seen them live. Oh, right. They were one of the first bands on at Nice's Pie Fest. And I thought, right, okay, let's give this a go. And fuck me, they were great. Oh, and I instantly cool. fell in love with them. They were so good. But it's nice that they were that, that their live show stood up to it. Because I was so worried that I was going to see them live and just be like, oh, well, they've got no energy. Or, yeah, oh, they're yeah, not. Yeah. They, they had really good stage presence. They were really entertaining to watch. And they looked like they were having a really good time. That's great, yeah. Which yeah. is... But yeah, for me, the, the, that's the other thing about albums and picking albums. For me, it's live stuff is much more important than the record for me. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I think some people differ on that. I, I differ a little. I mean, I obviously think it needs to come hand in hand. But, yeah. the, but the thing is that there are a lot of bands out there that I will I'll see live, yeah. but I won't ever listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I feel like for a band that I really like, it's both. Yes, absolutely. It's almost like, I think the way I view it is that you've got a band playing live and an album is you getting to take a little bit of that home with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. It sounds really Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to take a little bit of that home with I'll you. Take a little bit of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, but yeah, so Wilhelm Scream, the albums stand up to the live show. Yeah. Um, and they're just, you know, intensely high energy. And just, oh god I just love them I can't even express how much I love them <laughs> like it's, I it's, think you managed <laughs> <laughs> it, we did um, they did a tour last year I think it was last year uh, they did a tour with Darko around the UK mm. and I went and stalked them for like most of the <laughs> tour um, uh, we drove around after them and I, I stayed with Darko and stuff like that um, but the first night I, I'd just gotten a Wilhelm Scream tattoo on my back and I didn't want to show them yeah, you can see yeah, why I wouldn't yeah, yeah. do that. And I didn't want to show them. And uh, Holly, who'd done my tattoo, she was at the first gig and she was like, oh, no, go on, you've got, you've got to show them, you've got to show them. And I was like, all right, okay. And I went over to Nuno, who fronts Wilhelm Scream, and I went, oh, by the way, I've got this thing on my back. 
um, really nervously, and he was like, oh, that's brilliant, really cool, nice. Cool. <laughs> I mean, um, in reality, what else are you going to do? You're not going to be like... No, he, he like, was pretty cool about it. I mean, and then, you've got something literally on you forever. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That, like the highest compliment. And then the, uh, the second night... Um, because they'd seen me before sort of thing uh, you know we had a bit of a chat and that was lovely and you know it was really nice and friendly and then the third night or two I got really drunk and fangirled in a really embarrassing drunken fashion at Brian their bass player <laughs> um, like really drunk really fangirling <laughs> woke up in the morning and was like mortified I was like oh god what have I done <laughs> Because I just I just told him I loved him repeatedly. I think, <laughs> but, yeah. but not just not just uh, telling him I loved him repeatedly, but really uh, like going into detail about why I love him so much. Um, I'm just gonna have an apple. You have an apple. <laughs> I will good have good an work. Apple. Podcast snacks is a great yeah, idea. Yeah. But yeah, like really, really, really went into detail. Like like I'd been listening. Well, obviously I've listened to the albums in so much depth that I was like, I love that you do this. I love this. I love this bit on this song, and I like this I bit. I feel like this I know song. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I just I've got this memory of him slightly walking away from me in fear. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then the fourth night uh, they were like oh do you want to go for a coffee and I was like yeah <laughs> um, so then we were pals and like um, I got to hang out with them at Conrad Fest and actually spoke to Brian when I wasn't fangirling at him which was and it was just two mates hanging out which was lovely but you I've, made that transition but it took me a, I had to get the fangirling out of the way first I can't understand that yeah um, it's such an embarrassment sometimes no, I am an embarrassment I sometimes that's I what I've definitely done that loads of times yeah, who have you done it for? Uh, I met Propagandi. <gasps> yeah. Um, and also, I met, well, I'm did, uh, did Todd on the podcast. And that yeah, was cool. yeah. He was, he was really, he was really fun to talk, chat to, actually. And then I met, and I went, I think I met Chris a couple of times now, but I met him, first time I met him was at Fest. <laughs> and, like, it was a proper, like, I went up and I was just like, I really like supporting Cass, it's one of my favourite albums of all time. You <laughs> 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 were, like, entirely looking at my feet, and, like, he was just, like, yeah. the nicest man you'll ever meet. Like, he honestly was like, yeah. oh, cheers, man, like, how, you know, how are you doing? Like, why are you here? You know, you grow. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, we are playing, but you wouldn't be interested in, <laughs> like, you know, that's all. <laughs> We're just a little band. You don't want to listen to us. Um, oh, I love that like, so much. You know, and he was, like, just happy happy to chat to me you know wanted to, wanted to have the conversation rather because yeah. I nearly didn't I nearly didn't go say I was like what am I going to say you know, yeah like, I love you <laughs> it's so weird that some of the bands I've fangirled at uh, are probably now quite good mates as well yeah, yeah. but yeah I don't know are we mates because I fangirled at them <laughs> or would we have been better mates if I hadn't fangirled at them it's mm. a good question I don't know sometimes you can't control the amount I mean like would you have spoken otherwise um, mm, probably not, no. I mean, I, who have I fangirled at? I fangirled at Iron Sheik, fangirled at Snuff. Uh, I don't know, there's been quite a selection of bands. I fangirled at Not On Tour recently. Oh, they're um, great. But I get to chat to them now when I see them, because, yeah. I don't know, I think maybe they probably, because I've been in a... Pro- yeah, that's it, maybe that, that's it. I had the guts to approach them, so mm. now we can chat normally. Well, otherwise you wouldn't have done it. No, completely, yeah. So you've always made the right decision. Good, good. Don't look back. No regrets. <laughs> okay, um, so number five. Uh, number five is a funny one because, um, well, we're, we're out today with some people uh, <laughs> for this gig tonight and one of one of the guys in this band is downstairs <laughs> where we are now and I haven't mentioned to him that I've, uh, I've picked his album. Um, Darko, Bonsai Mammoth. Rad. I fucking love Darko. Um, another band that I probably fangirled at, despite the fact that we are Stop quite good mates. I really worried you, loud. you apple away. You, you <laughs> have your apple. That's no problem. <laughs> I need to get, you know, some sustenance. Yeah. Well, I mean, this will. Punks need to eat, and yeah, they should eat this fruit. Apple will, uh, <laughs> offset all the beers I'm going to have later. <laughs> it's health. Health is right here. Um, so that was 2017. That I'm going out, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Did my research. 2016. Shit. Uh, what Spotify, year are we in? Spotify told me 2017. Fair enough, 2017. Wow, okay, so it came out on the 1st of February, I think, as well, which is my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it was either 1st or the 2nd of February. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure that what, it was... Your birthday or when it came out? I, I know my birthday's the 1st, but I know that it came out... Oh, okay, cool. It came out the Friday oh, of my that. my birthday's the 1st or the 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it, it dropped on my birthday, which was great. <laughs> Um, but oh my god I fucking love that album Bonzo Mammoth is incredible I'm, I've listened to it so much that I've, I almost can't listen to it anymore like, I think they're a really 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 good life I did go through a, a period it was about four months last year where I couldn't listen to it because I'd completely overdone it 
But fortunately, I had leopards by fair dues to fill the gap <laughs> in the meantime. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, Bonsai Mammoth is one of those albums that will completely capture a year for me. Like, if I listen to that, it takes me back to 2018. Yeah, sure. Because um, I really rinsed it that year. I don't know why. It was one of the only CDs I had in my car at a time when my stereo wasn't working as well. I'll do it. Um, but the reason I wanted to take it to a desert island isn't just because it's a good album and because they're a great live band, but they're really close friends of mine as well. And I feel really fortunate for that because... I went to see them live a lot before I got to know them. Um, you know, I remember seeing them in the back of a few tiny pubs. I remember seeing them uh, downstairs at MPF years ago. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. i I've been kind of following them for a while, like, kind of absentmindedly. I'd listened to their EPs. I had to see your trees and stuff like that. And I thought they were great. But then when Bonzo Mammoth came out, I went, fuck me. Yeah. This, this has got to be the best band in England right now. Yeah, in my yeah, view, yeah, anyway. I, um, I, uh, I gave it a listen on the way here. Because I, I, like, I, I don't think, I mean, I've seen them live a bunch, but every single time I come away, I'm like, I should check them out, and for some reason, I just don't. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so it's just like, um, I listened to them the first time on the way here, I, I really fucking enjoyed it. Because they're one of those bands that are really good live, and I was like, maybe wouldn't Absolutely. Translate, translate. Do you know what I mean? Well, their live show is, uh, again, genuinely. I think they're the best live band in the UK right now. I I I get so fired up when I watch them. Um, they're again, they're quite an exciting band. Quite like quite. They are. They've like got really band. good on stage energy. But you know what? I think it's because they all really love it. You know, they're yeah. all they have all, fun. They're enjoying themselves, yeah. and they're incredibly good musicians as well. I mean, they're really. <laughs> Dan from Darko hates me for saying this, but they are really similar to a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, I in both senses. That, yeah. But that's a real compliment, and it's like the a lot of the sort of uh, vocal sort of harmonies and stuff. I Absolutely, sort of yeah. But I mean, that is, yeah, like you say, it's a compliment. Like, that is a good thing because that's a great part. Of but yeah, and it's not just in terms of their songwriting, but their um, their live show stands up to it as well. You know, um, but I've I've had people say to me when watching Darko before that the best thing about watching them wasn't watching them, but watching the look on my face. <laughs> um, I do. I don't know when I can't help it I, I've calmed down in my old age I don't get as nuts down You're the front 30. as I used to <laughs> I know but I don't go as nuts as I used to go mm. down the front but whenever Darker come on like I'll, I'll be stood at the back thinking oh I'll, I'll just sit this one out I'll be calm <laughs> no no I've, I've got to make a mess of myself down the front uh, but I just oh. but the album it's um, a lot more there's a lot more to it than just yeah. in the live show there's a lot more I don't I can't think of a way to describe it but well, the way that they've written it is so that it's written for vinyl. So there's almost like a lead in at the beginning of Life Forms on the first track yeah, where yeah. it sort of goes, do, do, do. You know, it, it, um, that's such a terrible explanation <laughs> of what that was. Someone will know what I mean. Um, but it leads in gently. And then there's also almost like a halfway point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a song in the middle that's just like a little instrumental track. But I didn't realise when I was listening to it on CD, it was only when I got it on vinyl that I realised it's the beginning of Side B. Yeah, 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 and it sort of leads it in gently rather than. I really like albums that are written for records. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what it used to be like. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. you listen to Springsteen records, it's really obviously side one and side B. Absolutely, yeah. Side one and side, side B. One and B. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like yeah, so it's cool when people do that because especially if, if you go record, mm. it's like you know there are there's like albums I have on like fuck side three is banging. You know what yeah, I mean? well, it's like the whole time. I just I really I love that they've done that and it's. I know, I just never get sick of listening to it. And the second that I hear the first song, I get excited. It's yeah. like something fires up in me, like across my entire nervous system. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes! Yeah. That's such a compliment. <laughs> but also, yeah, the, the main thing and the reason I would take it to Desert Island is because they're pals. Yeah. And um, I think that's something that's become more and more and more important to me. Mm-hmm. Something that I enjoy the most about watching bands or listening to their albums now isn't just that the music's good, but I really enjoy watching my friends do well. Yeah. Um, it would remind you of home, I assume. And like, yeah, and like, absolutely. It makes you feel like you've got your mates around you. Yeah. And it, you know, if you're feeling a bit low, listen to your friends' albums. Um, there's there's a lyric about that somewhere. Can't think what it is. Um, but yeah, just it's that's that's a really nice way of kind of transporting a little bit of home with you. It's like I saw um, his band called Follow Your Dreams. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, Kaz Hinsley and three members of what was Rising Strike. They've started a new band, um, they've been going for about a year now, and I remember seeing them when they first started out and talking to them when they first started practising and stuff like that. And now, I saw them last week, and fucking hell, they're, they're so good now. 
And every show they play, they get better and better and better and better. Great. And part of the joy that I get from watching them isn't just the joy of the music, but it's this like swelling sense of pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like so happy for them, and I'm glad to see them doing well. And that's just a really nice feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I feel the same about Darko. It's like it's I love seeing that my friends doing well. And yeah, and it's like one of those things as well. It's like. Yeah, I'm going to see them because of my friend. But they're also fucking great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, exactly. It's like... they, they were a band before they became my mates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah and that's, that's the case with a lot of my friends as well. I, I, weirdly, a lot of the friends that I have now, I've probably gained through interviewing them for Shout Louder <laughs> or something similar. Like, yeah, I've yeah, become yeah. friends with them because I like their music, yeah, not yeah, the yeah, other yeah. way around. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Um, sweet, so book. Book. Uh, so there's an author called Craig Clevinger. 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 boys. Craig Clevinger. <laughs> I think it's Clevinger. He's American. Um, he's written, as far as I'm aware, he's only actually written two books, um, which was The Contortionist's Handbook and Dermaphoria. Mm-hmm. Those two collectively are two of my favourite books of all time. Um, but the one that I'd take with me would be The Contortionist's Handbook. And strangely, well, the reason I take it is because I think it's got a bit of... It, it would actually last for me. I've read it something like 11, 12 times. Nice. <laughs> I've never, ever read, read a book more than once, apart yeah. from this one. And I enjoy it so much that I had a couple of copies that I kept in my house so that I could like lend them to people Yeah, like, for years. I love lending books to people. It's such a great joy being yeah. able to share that with someone. Yeah. Um, but whenever I'd pick it up to lend it to someone, I'd open it at a page and then suddenly I'd dive back in again. Yeah, yeah. And I've reread it so many times. And it's got quite a complex storyline. And every time I read it, I forget the ending. <laughs> it's twelve times. That's pretty cool that you still. Can't, I like, I couldn't tell you what the ending is right now yeah, if, yeah. I, if I if I went back to it. But it's about this guy who, um, fakes his identity, mm. um, but he also has some uh, mental instability and some issues with drugs, uh, and you just don't know what's real and what isn't. And yeah. because he's been assuming these different identities, he forgets who he is. And it's about him trying to recognise his own identity and picking out elements of his own past to get to that. And I just, I think it's a fascinating concept. You oh, know, awesome. it's very kind of cult fiction-y. It's yeah. a bit fight club-y, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, um, well, but, I suppose that, yeah. I suppose that, yeah, kind of quite similar sort of concept. Yes, and it's it's just a really, really, really enjoyable book. I'd completely recommend it to anyone. It's quite short. It's quite good escapist sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just got a really intriguing plot line, but from an author that no one seems to have heard. Well, it's, it's, kind yeah. of, it's kind of great, again, if you can read it to Arthur Einstein. You're probably going to read it a whole bunch more on time. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, sweet, and then luxury item. Um, my luxury item. Do you know, I've mentioned this, this to a couple of people and they've been really shocked. <laughs> my luxury item, I want a fuckload of heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love how fucking honest you are. <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm going to be on a desert island. I'm potentially stuck there forever. I'm assuming that there's no form of rescue or anything like that. And I'm assuming that it might be a relatively miserable existence. And on the other end of that, I mean, also, Desert Island, there's no guarantee that it's going to be warm. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean... I could be in the Arctic. I mean, some I, the, the sort of assumption... <laughs> I suppose the desert warm. part yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, you can get cold at night, though. That's true. Um, but anyway, I've just... I, I, I've always said that... Um, well, there's obviously a reason that people do hard drugs, right? And that's because they feel great, yeah. right? But the reason that you don't do them is because it completely fucks your life up and it's a very bad idea. It's uh, escapism, isn't It's it? absolutely ruinous to your existence. Yeah. So if you've got no existence, why not smash the hard drugs? That's my logic. <laughs> uh, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm going uh, to take that as like a complete out-of-context quote. <laughs> if you've got no existence, smash the hard drugs. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, not even in a nihilist sense, but it's, it's more that, you know, if I was stuck on a desert island, then I might as well be high as fuck while I'm there. Um, and the thing is, as well, I don't necessarily condone drug use in general. Uh, yeah. I'm currently, like, completely sober and have been for a little while. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I'm not condoning any hard drug use whatsoever, but there's two reasons for this. Now, A, I could give it a go and, you know, there'd be no harm in mm-hmm. giving heroin a try if I've got nothing to lose with that and I'd need True. something to do with my time mm-hmm. and from what I understand it would probably feel great but the other thing and this is obviously really sad but if I'm on a desert island and if I can't feed myself and I'm potentially going to starve to death then what's the easy, the best method of suicide? So would so I'd keep it for a suicide attempt I'd take it as a heroin overdose 
Genuinely. The cheery end. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, this is the way that my logic works. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> um, would you? Would you think? Do you think you'd go out of your way to try and like? I don't know. Would you fish to stay well, alive, or would you like? It's such a weird thing because fish is probably the easiest source of sustenance on a desert island right yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm vegan and it kind of takes you to that whole if you're on a desert island with a pig would you eat the pig you argument get, yeah. I mean, I think, um, to be honest I think a pig would be really fucking difficult to kill <laughs> like, I'm imagining you running around after yeah, the yeah, yeah I definitely would be definitely but in like, my head I've got spider pig yeah <laughs> spider <laughs> pig spider like pig. some sort of really like running around with a Harry Hill theme tune yeah yeah, yeah like, <laughs> grim sitcom <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it's I don't I think I'd make a good crack at surviving. I think I'd come up with some kind of Heath Robinson contraption to like purify water. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I like gadgets and fixing stuff, so I'd probably survive reasonably well on that sense. And I'd definitely try and eat something. Like, I mean, no, but I, I'd, I'd, I think that's gonna be. So I would. I would genuinely still want it to be well. plant based. Yeah. Yeah. Um, such a weird thing. I have I haven't eaten fish since I was like eight, no. and I don't want to. I, and it's uh, not, I've it's, been eating meat or fish for 10 years or 11 yeah. years, but like, I think there was one time I accidentally ate tuna because it, it was in something I wasn't aware of. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was just like a really... You really notice it, Yeah, don't you? you suddenly do. You're like, I yeah. was just like... I had bacon in some soup once and was like, what the fuck is this? It's so, such a different thing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, because I've never really eaten fish as fish, I think I just had fish fingers as a kid and then I went off them when I was really young. Um, I just, I, I don't think I could actually eat it. I think it would make me sick. Yeah, it would probably make you sick, but then, yeah. you know... You'd be probably, really hungry. Yeah. But then I've got a massive fuckload of heroin to fix that problem. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> could you... Could you eat the heroin? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with the heroin, you still like your body still needs to eat, but you don't want to as much. So, with, with the heroin, <laughs> we'll go on the Google and find well, out. Well, genuinely, the way that I wound up with the heroin was that I thought, well, you know, at some point, if I'm stuck on a desert island, I'm probably going to want to put myself out of my misery. Rather than starving, I probably would rather kill myself. You know, which is dark but true. Yeah, sure. You know, um, and then I thought, well, what's the easiest way to do that? And I thought, well, massive fuckload of drugs. Um, and then I thought, well, I might as well get high for a bit first. Yeah, so there's yeah. my logic. Yeah, if you, I, if you I back engineer it... I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm sure some people on Desert Island Discs, they, they'll take a gun with them, won't they? Yeah, I don't you know. know. Yeah, I think I'm sure people don't talk about guns. Desert Island Discs in this podcast. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I know it's a dark <laughs> way to end it. But there you go, there's my secret smackhead who's coming out Sweet. from the inside. <laughs> so I think um, on that note... We'll don't do it, drugs, kids. <laughs> we'll call it a day. Um, however, well, actually, we've got a whole bunch of the data. Oh, um, yeah. If there's anything you want to plug, now's your time. Um, well, I kind of mentioned a few things at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, obviously, I do Shout Louder, which is shout-louder.com. We do interviews, reviews, and we write a lot of articles about mental health and music and stuff like that. Uh, I've got the podcast. We've got a new episode out with Goodbye Blue Monday right now, uh, which you can find on all of your normal podcast platforms. <laughs> have to say the little podcast a yeah, bit. That is the thing that everyone says about. You've got to look at the things. Um, what else? Uh, I also work with Lockjaw Records. We've got loads going on at the moment. Um, we helped with 4IM, who are a Belgian pop-punk band. They've done their release today when we're recording this. Oh, really? uh, next week we're releasing an album from Fabled Mind, who are a Danish band who are completely new. Highly recommend checking them out. They're fucking amazing. They sound a lot like RX Bandits. Oh, and they make me very happy. Yeah, so yeah. Fabled Minds, that's um, members of Forever Unclean, um, Stream City and Stars Burn Stripes. Uh-huh. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Do It Together Fest uh, at, on the 24th and 25th of January. Uh, oh, I was going to tell you who's playing, you wasn't I? Me, yeah. yeah. So we've announced a few bands already. Um, we've announced... Oh, God, I've got to remember stuff off the top of my head now, haven't I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so we've already announced that we've got Forever Unclean coming over from Denmark. Mm-hmm. We've got Uniforms, which is Dika from Make That a Takes Band. They are from fucking... Inc- yeah, from Dundee. They are fucking incredible live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really, really come down and play in England. So that's going to be a real treat. Yeah, they're wild, actually. They're really good. Uh, oh, they're stunning live. Oh, I saw them at MPF a few years ago. And just oh, a few years ago, last year, year before, mm. I saw them. It was mint. They were very good. <laughs> watched a show. <laughs> yes, I, I watched them play a concert. Um, who else have we got? Uh, okay, well, so the big news is our headliner, mm-hmm. which we're announcing this week. They've just finished off a big tour with Real Big Fish and Sponge, of all things. But we've got Lightyear headlining on the exciting. fucking Saturday. 
I'm really excited about that. Like you, one of my favourite fucking bands. And can you imagine, like, if you've ever seen them live, you'll know that it's insane. Yeah. Like, there's normally nudity. Um, <laughs> I think they've they've taken. They're not doing the nudity anymore. And that's nice, I think. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I spoke to Chaz about it in an interview a while back, and he was basically saying it's because um, of inclusive spaces. Oh, yeah. The, the, the atmosphere is more different now. It was more acceptable to get your kit off as nine blokes in a ska band in the late 90s. <laughs> and nowadays, it's a bit. It, yeah, it's yeah, not, it's not yeah. funny anymore, is yeah. it? You know? It was very 90s. <laughs> it was very 90s. Funny enough, I remember Random Hand. Uh, Random Hand on their hiatus tour did a show in Brighton. Um, and Chaz Palmer Williams from Lightyear that he opened the show acoustic um, and was apologising for the fact that Lightyear couldn't be there so Random Hand got up on stage and pretended to be Lightyear playing air instruments Um, and then about halfway through the song Robin just got down and started taking his clothes off um, and Robin completely stripped off the rest of the band followed suit and they were like well you know if we're pretending to be like you <laughs> so <laughs> it's you know, it's like 8 o'clock on a Thursday in Brighton <laughs> they've all got their kit off and it's fucking brilliant <laughs> anyway uh, so yeah we've got Lightyear headlining we've got loads of other great bands playing advance apologies if I forget anyone but we've got Triple Sunday Goodbye Blue Monday oh that right. day, day themed there uh, we've got Just Say Nay Call Me Malcolm we've got The Burnt Tapes uh, we've got Toodles and the Hectic Pity, which is your brother. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so excited to see them. I've never big, seen them live. <laughs> their, uh, their EP was one of my absolute favourites of 2017 when it came out. I fucking love them. And I've been wanting desperately to see them. So in order to see them, I've had to book them. <laughs> which is brilliant. Um, who else have we got? Oh, lots of bands. Uh, KTMF, who's fucking amazing. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard of. She's very, very, very good. Definitely check her out. Um, there's loads of bands shit I've forgotten everybody Eat Defeat from Leeds oh, yeah. our, our boy Summers um, Jimmy Jimmy's going tonight is he mm. oh very lovely what a Pals Fest this is going to be no no it's going to be right Pals Fest yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got Fabled Mind who are the new Lockjaw band they're mm-hmm. coming over from Denmark as well um, Leo from Forever Unclean drums in Fabled Mind as well oh, so cool, yeah. we thought we'd save ourselves a flight <laughs> <laughs> but no genuinely I really want everybody to go and check out Fabled Mind they're fucking cool. amazing um, I'm sure there are plenty of other bands that I've completely forgotten at this exact moment in time <laughs> so apologies oh, to them but yeah fun. do it together first New Cross in 24th 25th of January it's going to be fun yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, cool well thank you very much cool thank, thank you for having me alright Thank you for listening to the Desert Island Punks podcast. Uh, next week, I'm joined by Dylan from Spanish Love Songs. It's a really fun interview again, um, and I'll see you then. Thank you very much.